Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, welcome TalkZone.com, two guys in a mic, big dog and a coach back at you, we're like a bad dream, we keep reappearing, uh, if you happen to be dreaming from 10 to 11 o'clock every weekday morning right here on the .com website that is the Talk Zone, big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock, sports and more. Here in a midweek Wednesday, a lot of basketball action last night, we'll recap that, some good football coming up this weekend, including collegiate conference championship games we'll talk about that the baseball hot stove starting to heat up a little bit and uh we still haven't gotten a whole lot into the nba lockout i don't know if we will but who knows what might pop up on this award-winning edition (laughs) soon to be award-winning edition of the two guys at a mic show a little bit of music and then we'll uh kick off Thank you very much. We could kick off or we could receive. David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the coin flip. Are you, and you can tell a lot about a guy psychologically, if you win the flip, are you the kind of guy that likes to receive first or kick off? I'm going to kick off. We can't, your microphone's not on. It was on. Kick off. Kick off. Explanation, por favor. No reason. Scintillating radio from producer David Olson. Now, I was talking both football-wise and in life. You see, that I think football-wise, I definitely want to kick off first so I can get the ball in the second half. But I think in life, big dog, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to kick off. I think you want to receive. I have no idea what I'm talking about. What a strange way to open up the show. I'll get even stranger by introducing a man who is uh, strange among many other things, Mr. Joel Radwanski. Big dog, are you a kickoff or receive type guy? I always deferred. What about football? I was that I, 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 no, that's football. It's actually oh. go out. <laughs> and and uh, I, I was called, I always was the guy that went out in high school my senior year. Mm-hmm. I was the guy that went out. I was the only one. It was kind of cool to be like six captains and just me. Like, hey, what's up, guys? You know what I mean? Like, what are you, the backup special teams captain? What the hell? You need six guys out here for a coin flip. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And in, and in college, it was the same way. And I called the last two years. And I always call tails. Tails never fails. Coach, in my two years at McMurray, okay, I had to call the coin flip. It wasn't until the tenth coin flip that I finally won a coin flip. Wow! When I called it, I was one and nine in the first nine. I was zero for nine. That almost sounds like your 2007 beat the schmoes record. That's unbelievable. Yeah, isn't it? How could that happen? But we always deferred. Every single time, we always deferred whenever well, we What do you mean every single time? You lost 9 out of 10, so there there only was a single time. Well, the only when I called them. Now, when they didn't call them, the other guys, you know, they you know, they were like 50-50, but I would always, yeah. you know, we'd always defer. Mm-hmm. And it, I think I told you this on air. There's a, the way the, the rule works, people, is you could either take the ball, you can either kick, you can receive, you yep. can take a, a, a side of the field, and then the other team has to decide whether they want to kick or receive. And the fourth option is we will do nothing and we'll decide at the start of the second half what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay? So then it goes directly to the other team. What do you want to do now? 
you have to say receive. If you don't say receive, what ends up happening is you kick. You say, oh, we'll kick off. Well, what ends up happening is at the start of the second half, they go to the captain and they're like, hey, which, what do you want to do now? You deferred your choice until the second half, and you can say, well, we want to receive. Okay, well, then you get the ball twice in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Hensley, Mike Hensley, had us do that, and it finally worked my senior year. It actually worked. The only he said it's the only time it ever worked ever in the history of him doing it, and they just do it just to see if the other team is smart enough. Coach, the other team did not know what happened until the second half. Okay, because he was told out that we want the we want to kick off. So I we win. I defer. The other guy says, "Okay, we'll kick the ball." And like the the ref like looked at him and looked at me, and I just started laughing. I was like, "I'll see you the second half, Mister Umpire." And then the uh, referee, and then. Second half, it happened, and their coach blew up. It was the, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my. We destroyed them in the second half. Their coach had a meltdown. Had, he thought he was getting the ball, found out that he was kicking off. It's kind of an odd way to open up the show. I was kind of meaning it in a more epithelial sense, but literally on the football field, uh, I would think Big Dome that would not work if the referee explained it properly and told the other team, "Hey, here's what they're doing. They are choosing." to select in the second half. So you can now select here in the first half. Coach, I swear to you, there was a smirk on the on the referee's face. I swear to you, to this okay. day, I, he was like, okay, all right, you guys, you're, you're kicking off. Mm-hmm. I swear he repeated it to him, okay? I, there was like a laughter by the guy, kind of like, really, you're kicking off? <laughs> a lot of people will criticize the, the you know for for choosing to kick off first. Oh, it's a defensive mode. You know, you're you're playing not to win and stuff. No, and that no, would no, be no, true. That's... Well, but the only difference is if you understand. And again, it's an odd way to start the show. I have no idea what we're talking about it. But as long as we're into it, we might as well climb out of the muck and mire that we've. Uh, I take full responsibility, Big Dog. You are not responsible. All you're doing fine. But the key to that whole explanation is you get the ball. To start the second half. So we're playing the whole first half knowing when we go into halftime, psychologically, we get ball first. I like that psychological advantage. That's the reason for deferring. Yeah, 100%. And another reason is this. As as an offensive coach, I really want to be able to make halftime adjustments yep. and have one more possession than mm-hmm. the other guy does after you've made your halftime adjustments because yep. that's how you win football games is what you do at halftime. Yep. Coaches nowadays, I know Belichick does a coach. Belichick literally has a first half game plan, and then after that, he mm-hmm. has like like ten different strategies of what could possibly happen in the second half, and the team knows it, and they realize that there's going to be adjustments made at halftime. They don't go into a game being like, "We're going to do this for four quarters." They're like, "We're going to do this until they adjust to it, and then yeah. we're going to have to do something else." Sometimes so. you're lucky you're not on the live webcast, uh, Big Dog. A couple of people told me watching the uh, webcast here, which is in our studio, where it's only me. Although, David, we still have Joel's picture showing up on half screen. Indeed we do. Oh, beautiful. Okay, I haven't checked that for a while. So Big I Dog's picture's up there. But, of course, you're not live. But apparently a couple of days ago I did a uh, halftime adjustment on the air. And it was noticed by a couple of our fine listeners. Thank you very much. So uh, there are some advantages, Big Dog, to not being live on the webcast. No, I'm, I'm used to that, Coach. Trust me, I, I don't mind. Yeah, but you I, would mind if you were live. And, you know, I know you're a man who uh, early and often makes the halftime adjustments. Uh, then it could be a problem. No, but I've been doing a lot of live webcasts lately. You have? Logcabin.com. Log Check it out. <laughs> Where did this go? Logcabin.com? Yeah, I, I if, just made that up. It was a joke, Coach. It was oh, okay. a joke. I was I'm, not really doing live, I'm not really doing live webcasts anywhere. 
No. Okay. So I, you, you know, know it, it, has many ads for that kind of stuff, though. <laughs> oh my goodness! I was about to check into that website. I was, I was going to ask, you know, first, can we have uh, family members uh, choose that also? And then the 147 different jobs that you had, big dog, few of them in the past have uh, involved actual webcasting, including uh, award-winning uh, Cubs White Sox broadcast. What was that called? The Black and Blue Brothers, or something like that? Oh, yeah, whatever. That's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, there, I've had many different jobs over the, over the years, Coach. Yep. And uh, I've, believe it or not, I've actually danced at bachelorette party. I haven't told I you that, that, but I did. Yeah. For like for like six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made a lot of money. Yeah. Now you were not working for those inreputable firms. You kept some articles of clothing on, but I do remember that was one of your 147 jobs. At least I think you kept so most of your. Answer, I would just answer my Craigslist. They'd be like, "Oh, bachelorette party," and then I would just. Then the picture I come in, I tell jokes, these girls would laugh, and, and then they pay me like 200 bucks. Oh, I mean, really? I, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a job for like a year. I had to support myself somehow, so I did. No, uh, I, I really need to write down every single different Craigslist job I did one day. You, mm-hmm. you will be in tears if oh, I tell yeah. you some stuff I did. Yeah, your resume would be, uh, you know, it would almost be like indexed. There'd be a bibliography <laughs> at the end of your resume. What um, You did remain fully clothed, though, in that particular room. Uh, Job, or oh was yeah, there... you got to admit these were like these were like girls who were like we don't want anything stupid and crazy. Okay. Just, you know what I mean? I was like, wow, okay, that's perfect. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way, uh, we we've increased. I don't know if uh, David Olson sent something out or the big dog, but all of a sudden uh, we got a bunch more people liking the show. Oh, that w- that would be me, and I'm pretty upset because considering the mass mailings that I do for people, yes, less than one percent will click on stuff. And I'm like, really? I mean, honestly. So, is that the uh, David Olson from your experience? Typically, I you know don't know any of this stuff, but statistically, if you send out a whole bunch of invites, what percentage uh, might, God forbid, actually like you, Facebook style? Uh, it depends on who you send them to. Okay. Yeah, but to the people that well, I just send them to my friend list. How many so, of these people you yeah, send? How many? Yeah, how many of these people do you tell, talk to on a regular basis, and how many of these people are? People you like went to high school. How with. many speak English as a first language? Oh, no, that's you're exactly right there, coach. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's <laughs> so, the yeah. initial problem. The the percentage of likes go way down when they don't comprehend what you actually wrote. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't have the characters for that particular language on my computer. Okay. Well, but we got to work on that. We got to give you a, a multilinguistic uh, computer. But at any rate, new people jumping on board, we feel free to like us on the uh, Facebook page. How do they do that, David? I don't even know. What do they type in? Two guys, Mike, and no, two guys and a mic. Okay, and then just like us. So they go to their our website first. No, no, no. They go to Facebook, and you can search two guys and a oh, mic. Oh, okay. There you go. And there you have it. Simple enough. Easy enough. Beautiful. It's nice to be liked, big dog. It's better to be loved, but it's nice to be liked. No, I'm normally out and about. I'm always like, I'm going to go, 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 like just like uh, New Rock used to tell you to you cross that goal line. But I, so I've been holed up in the house. Right now I'm wearing three sweatshirts above three different dry fit layers of Nike stuff. Interesting. And I've got a three pair of pants, two pair of socks, a headband. I got a, and I have a, well, I don't have the head, what do you call it, the, the sweatshirt tied over my head. So I really haven't done much. So I decided <laughs> to go on the computer and get some work done. So. It's an interesting visual. Uh, just to complete the visual, boxers or briefs? Well, I had to go boxers with this. You can't okay. go. You, I, it was going to be way too hot to go with the briefs. <laughs> That's outstanding. Sometimes there are advantages to not having a live webcast. Thank goodness for that. But uh, 
I'm glad you've been holed up in the uh, moratorium, if you will. you got to get some fresh air, though. Get outside. Beautiful day here in the fine city of Chicago. Let me throw our phone number out real quick. God forbid somebody wants to call on uh, our first question of the day. When you call up, you can talk about anything in the world of sports, but we want to know both in life and in football. Do you kick off? Do you receive? Or you defer? 888-463-6748 is our phone number. 888 Big Dog, I got to uh, defer to your baseball knowledge here a little bit. Uh, as the ESPN scroll consistently came through interrupting my college basketball watching last night, that the Chicago Cubs are talking to Albert Pujols. I noticed on your Facebook page you compared Pujols and Fielder, and I believe it was you unless there's another Joel Radwanski, and it sounded like your preference for your beloved Cub was Mr. Cecil Fielder, or uh, Prince Prince Fielder. He'll be a lot cheaper. He's younger, and I don't care what anybody says. Fielder takes good care of himself. He doesn't drink. The only problem is he's a vegetarian. So if we can figure out a way to sneak some, some at least some animal oils into his into his uh, food. <laughs> I think. Wait I, a minute. I, he's You're telling me longer. Prince Fielder. You're telling me Prince Fielder is a vegetarian. Yes, coach. That's why Come he's on. so fat. How many vegetarians do you know that are real skinny? Normally, they're either emaciated and look unhealthy, like they're starving themselves, or they're really plump. Why? The reason, because there's so many carbohydrates, your body turns all that into sugar. Okay, so it doesn't turn that into body tissue like protein will, and it's it's not used as uh, as, uh, as energy as easily because most of those carbohydrates are going to be like starches or dietary fiber. So what ends up happening is your body stores them, so you end up being a little bit overweight. When people are concerned about uh, Prince Fielder weighing too much, like and and being like. Uh, not being able to hold up, they're not realizing he's a vegetarian. He actually takes unbelievably good care of himself. He's like in the holistic medicines and yoga. He takes good care of himself. This guy, for seven years, will hit 300 home runs for the Chicago Cubs if they give him a seven-year contract. He'll hit 300 home runs, Coach. Okay? That's, and, and you know what else he's going to do? 1,000 RBIs in seven years. He'll get that. Because let me see, that would be about 128 RBIs a season. He'll be just under that. I'll say he'll get 950 RBIs if they sign him. Any, any, I will uh, take it. If any Cub fans out there you want to chime in uh, real quick, we won't talk a lot of baseball, but a little bit here on a potential interest in uh, Albert Pools, possibly Prince Fielder as well, the money it would cost, 888-463-6748. Big Doe, one of the things you mentioned on your award-winning Facebook input this morning was an allusion to, and I don't know if you were being humorous or serious, I got the feeling maybe a little bit serious, that Albert Pujols is 32 years old, but with those Latin American players, you're never quite sure that maybe Pujols is older than 32. Yeah, I absolutely believe that, because, you know what, I, I don't believe he's on steroids or human growth hormones or any of that, I really don't. The reason why is, if you look at Albert Pujols now, Compared to Albert Pujols in 2001 when he was a rookie, he pretty much has exactly the same body. Also, if he truly was back then 21 years old, shouldn't he have got a little bit of his growth? Because you get your grown man ass between, like, 18 to 25. He never got his grown man ass. He looks exactly the same. Okay, so that's, one, Cardinal fans, I'm not saying that he's on steroids, and two, I'm saying that he was really 25 when he thought he was 21. Interesting. So he comes from the Dominican Republic, and basically, he like ever, ever since everybody knew him, they were like, he's a man-child. He just destroys everybody. 
I mean, is, is he really the greatest player of all time, or is he really a guy that's like typical in the Dominican Republic? Like 95% of the players are really older than what you think they are. How many years is he asking for? And I think it's more than two or three, right? One of the key things oh, is not only oh, money. He, he was saying 10 years, but yeah. the Cardinals were like, no, we're going to. So he's realizing he's going to get about seven years. But he wants like seven years through $200 million. That's wow. like the type of money he wants. Though. Average of what? Um... That would be about $28 million a year or so. My by goodness. That I mean, so, that's a, as much as I think, uh, you know, just 30 out of the 30 Major League Baseball teams would love to have Albert Pools. Seven years at $28 million per year? No. Sorry. Well, check this out. Uh, Fielder wants like seven years, $25 million a year, which would be $175 million. It's still too much. You know, the, the Cubs are going to offer him in that neighborhood. They are. See, I, I would never but, do that. But, but they're gonna, they are not going to give him that contract until they have driven Albert Pujols contract up to the point that the Cardinals are going to have to pay through the eyeballs in order to keep Albert Pujols. Interesting. So okay. a little conspiracy so, theory that the Cubs are just negotiating with Pujols to raise it up a little bit and uh, screw their brothers down south just a little bit, huh, the St. Louis Cardinals? Absolutely. The only problem is I hope they don't lose out on Prince Fielder. You know what I mean? Because if they sign Fielder, everybody's going to know it's a bluff on Pujols, right? So if they're sitting there trying to really screw the Cardinals down on the table, what ends up happening is, you know, Prince Fielder could fly away. Maybe somebody comes and maybe the Yankees are like, hey, why don't you, do you want to DH and play first base once a week? Here's, here's $175 million. You're going to hit about 50 home runs a season in our lineup and in this ballpark, and that would be the truth. Yeah. He hit 350 home runs in that ballpark. Let me be on record. I don't know if Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer listen to the show. I got the feeling my inside sources tell me, Big Dog, they've discovered our show, and on occasion, being the young, reputable, smart guys, they've gone to the alternative. They're checking out our show on occasion, listening to the Big Dog and uh, you know, laughing usually at what I say, but they might be listening. Let me be on record. Even if they're not, is saying I don't. There's nobody in Major League Baseball that I'm willing to uh, go out seven years and pay 25 million a year. Now Prince Fielder wants 25 for next year, and then you know 20, 15, 10, five, and I'll give him you know guarantee him three million for years six and seven, and we'll put some incentives in there. That's fine, but to put to to, to go out seven years on a ball player and guarantee 25 million, I think that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Well, I know, Coach, you're right. You're right, but someone's going to offer him that money. What team? He's going to get at least a seven-year, $150 million contract. God bless. I'll take Brian LaHare. Thank you very much. Well, you're going to take Carlos Pena in 225 next season, and a good guy in the clubhouse, Mm -hmm. make sure nobody nobody says anything stupid as they go 72 and 90. Yeah, I will take Carlos Pena. Again, uh, I, I have no problem with Prince Fielder, but I'm just not going to pay him pay him that much money. Sorry. All, all I know is this: all I know is this. Forty thousand people spend a hundred bucks each every time they go in there. That ball club pulls in four million dollars a ball game. That's eighty-one games, three hundred twenty-four million dollars. Okay, if they can't get a couple decent players for a chance for us to win a, a World Series and actually see one here, they got to quit charging a hundred dollars a ticket. Make that 39999 One of our listeners I talk to on a regular basis off air, Chicago Bob, he's able to get tickets right before the game for like 15 or 20 bucks. 
Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, but still, those people are in there. They're paying for beer. You spend 100 bucks when you go to Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Okay, who doesn't spend $100 when they go to Wrigley Field? All right. So you say uh, the Prince over the pauper, over Albert Pools, huh? Well, yeah, because he's going to be he's going to be a lot cheaper, Coach. Mm-hmm. A lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. Okay. I think the Cubs could possibly get him for $20 million a season. All right. We got you on record for that. Again, any baseball fans out there, you want to chime in? little hot stove talk in the uh, – Late November, early December, nothing better than it. 888-463-6748. Two quick baseball notes, Big Dog. One, I know you've been anxiously awaiting for the announcement of the bench coach for your Chicago Cubs, and it is a long time, long time, Major League U- Baseball utility player. I think he had some PT with the KC Royals. Jamie Quirk. Jamie Quirk will be sitting next to Dale Swaim. I know you're both excited and slightly thrilled. Uh, coach, I have a trivia question for you. Uh-oh. Okay. Which player in the history of Major League Baseball with the letter Q has the most all-time home run? <laughs> Ex-Chicago center fielder Jimmy Qualls. No, I think it's, it's Jaime Quark. Really? Yes. How many? I know that I know that because one day I, as a, I was in Wrigley Field and in a drunken stupor, somebody asked me if I could name the home run leader alphabetically. <laughs> oh. So Aaron's pretty easy. A is easy. Henry Aaron. You know, then you go B. I would believe that would be Barry Bonds. It starts getting a little bit more difficult when you get That's... the Q. You would never get How, the Z. Just though. out of curiosity, you, never... you are, for those that are not aware, Big Dogs, your knowledge of statistics and your memory is absolutely off the charts, unbelievable, almost scary, quite frankly. How many, when you spur the moment, no research, Went through the alphabet. Out of 26, how many were you able to get fairly off the cup? Oh, my guys are sitting there easily out of the 26. At least 21 or 22 I was that's, able to get immediately. That's unbelievable. This changed since then. And i got to tell you, the Q I did not get. They had to tell me. I was like, I wouldn't have thought of him. I was trying to go through all the Qs. I, I guess Dan Quisenberry, which obviously <laughs> had zero career home runs. Okay, I got, that, that was a joke. I got the Y, Carl Yastrzemski. Uh, yes, he has 475 yeah, career home runs. That's probably about the only one I could have gotten outside of the two you mentioned, Aaron and Yeah, Bonds you, could, you can get more. You can get more. You would be able to get Ooh, more. The letter, go, like, letter M is close. Who's ahead, Mantle or Mays? I think Mays, right? Yeah, Mays has 660. That's exactly how I did it is I went right through the alphabet. Mm-hmm. So I went right through the all-time leaders in home runs and just started. He was, And they were like, <laughs> they're like, how many did you get? I got the first. Like uh, 15 letters in probably less than 30 seconds. I have to introduce you, by the way, too. I meant to uh, uh, mention this conversation, sat next to and uh, discussed with, uh, we'll call him Racquetball Marshall. He's a racquetball city champion. I don't know if anybody plays racquetball anymore, but he was like a city and national champion of racquetball. Anyhow, huge sports fan, major baseball trivia guy, and I started explaining the guy that I do the radio show with, and, I gave him the card, so hopefully he's listening. Maybe he's even listening now. But uh, And I told him, uh, I asked him, had you ever heard of the ESPN Stump the Swab show? He's, oh, yeah. That Swab guy's unbelievable. Nobody ever beats him. And I go, well, my radio partner's the only one ever to beat him twice. And the guy said, no, he couldn't believe it. <laughs> Could not. So I got to hook you you and uh, Racquetball Marshall. You guys got to go out for lunch and uh, go over numbers a little bit. And he, you, you know what? Uh well, I, I used to work at the Bally, the North Shore, and the beautiful thing was they had they were the only Bally's with a like a couple racquetball courts, mm-hmm. and because of that, we had a huge racquetball clientele because that was rare. So you'd be surprised, Coach. I might know him. There were guys that would just come in there and play racquetball, 
and they were like racquetball junkies. So if he's one of those like racket rats, mm-hmm. I, I might know the guy. Young kids today, they don't even know what the sport is. I, they don't. They don't even know what. There was a period of about ten years when I was in college, so call it early seventies to early eighties, when that sport just skyrocketed. Uh huh. And I never liked it because I have minor case of claustrophobia, and uh-huh. it's it's a pretty enclosed area you're in for racquetball or handball. You know. Actually, Coach, I'm really quick, like side to side, mm-hmm. and I can hit a ball pretty hard. But my vision is so horrible. Yep. I'm not kidding you. An eight-year-old child will beat me at that game. And it used to make me upset because all these guys, were, you know how competitive like personal trainers and all these people are. Yeah. Well, we competed at everything. So they would kill me at racquetball. And I was like, guys, it's because I can't see. They're like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> so I made them play with a kickball with their hands. Mm-hmm. And you had it, and you could only use like your right. You had to pick a hand, Okay. And I destroyed everybody with it. So I was like, see, it's my vision. It isn't the fact that I, I can't move so, that. Same I, same I, game, bigger ball, and you were able to beat him. Yes. Interesting. And, you know, it was handball. And see, the difference, I got uh, Coach, that was without question one of the most grueling games I've ever played in my entire life. I'm not <laughs> kidding you. It was ridiculous. Racquetball is incredible. The yeah. And by the way, don't down. don't play doubles. Oh, that's your idiot who plays. No, yeah. I couldn't, Coach. Look at the size of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Four of me but a lot of people love doubles or they play, you know, even tennis. Doubles, I find one of the most boring. You know, my wife likes to play tennis. Hey, you want to come out and play doubles? I try to avoid it at all costs. I love tennis. Get out and play singles. You actually get some action. You get some exercise. You get a workout. Doubles is, you know, one hit, two hit, point. One hit, point. One hit, two hit, point. No cardiovascular exercise. Too crowded, too closed in. I'm anti-doubles in just about any sport you can think of. Except yeah, beach volleyball. Beach volleyball, I like doubles. Yeah, because singles really suck. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, racquetball or ha- any game where you can hit it off the back wall, where if you miss hit it or it goes over your head and you can still play it off the back wall, that part of the game I enjoy. I like the recovery mode. You ever played a game called paddle tennis, Big Dog? Uh, yeah, but I really ended up really hating that girl. Huh? Oh, what? No, what? what are you talking about? Coach? Paddle tennis is kind of an elitist game. David, have you ever heard of what it is? It's actually getting fair. It's big out east. It was a very small clientele in the, in the North Shore area, but it's growing. And is there like are people squash? that are just totally, totally hooked in it. Is uh, it like squash? What's that? Is it like squash? Well, it's on an outdoor court. You play it not in the warm weather. You play it in the winter. Uh-huh. Outdoor court, it's caged in. You can play it off the back wall. The best way I can describe it, it's ping pong on steroids or miniature tennis. Typically, it's played with doubles, a soft rubber ball, and it's played outside. It's become very, very popular. Uh, Again, it's been popular out east, and now it's gaining popularity. A lot of people are really into it in the north suburban area. Check it out, paddle tennis. No, no, I would love to see it. I I would love to check out anything new like that. Yeah, and again, you play it in the winter outdoors, which is kind of cool. And they got they got the coils and the heat underneath the uh, the boards. Oh, so it's like uh, it's like Lambeau Field, coach. They got the coils underneath. <laughs> yeah, it. something cool. like that. I, I like that. All right. Uh, neither David Olson's giving me the look. Big dog is too. Anybody out there that actually can confirm that paddle tennis has some following in uh, out in the north suburban area? Give me a call. Give me some support, please. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. One other quick baseball note, big dog. The Boston Red Sox. Hire a manager, and it's a guy of, uh, to, to say high profile is the understatement of the world. ESPN longtime announcer and ex-baseball coach Bobby Valentine gets the gig with the Red Sox. Never thought it would happen. 
Um, no, no, I, that is an, a phenomenal hire, Coach. You know, I've I've had a I've never brought him up on air, but I, I'm not kidding you. I've had like premonition type feelings before in my life over two major things that have happened. I never brought him up on air because I didn't want you to think I was crazy. Okay, but I'm going to tell you this one because this one isn't so crazy. I do believe that when the Cubs are in the World Series finally, it'll be against the Red Sox. Like I just have this gut feeling mm-hmm. deep down. I know it. What a media circus is going to be. Feel I've seen going up against. Uh, this former club. I just, I just like deep down, I just feel it. That's the club that the Cubs are going to have to beat in order to win the World Series. Mm. It's going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to baseball. The rating is going to be like 94% of all human beings will be watching it. <laughs> I love the way you put that matter of factly. Um, now, aren't you worried, though, getting back to B. Valentine as the Red Sox manager? He's very agrarious, very outgoing. Does today's Major League ball player, don't forget, let me remind you, they play 162 games, not 16. Don't you think uh, a Bobby Valentine attitude can wear great possibly on the current uh, Major League players? Uh, Bobby Valentine will tell these guys this. You get paid to play a child's game. Go out and have fun and enjoy it. If you're worried about what I'm doing, you really have an issue. You get to play a game for a living. Go out and have some fun, Okay. So I tell these guys, you know, when he went to Japan for six years, he learned how to speak Japanese, okay, which is pretty impressive, Coach. Okay, that's, that's, that says a lot about a person. Yep. But while he was there, he tried to impress upon the Japanese that hard work is great, but you didn't have to work as hard as they worked. They, would, they put in like four hours before the games. It was like drill instruction. Well, he left in that, like tighten the rope on those guys and get the, got them to have fun playing the game of baseball. Okay, well, they end up winning, like, one of, like, the underdog teams that he coached won the, the Japanese World Series. He's like an icon back in Japan now. The, the famous scene where the Japanese players are tossing him up in the air. Yeah, I mean, he's beloved in that country. The yeah. fact that he learned to speak Japanese and the fact that, like, he really wanted to teach the American style of baseball here. Well, when he comes back, he's probably going to bring some Japanese baseball with him and some regiment, too. You know what he says? He took a lot from learning in Japan. So if those guys don't enjoy playing baseball, maybe they should get rid of them no matter how supposedly talented they are and bring in 25 guys that love to come to the ballpark every single day. Mm-hmm. I guess with that, and that sounds good in theory, and more than theory, in practicality, you're absolutely correct. You have to enjoy the game. But where the conflict comes sometimes, that very same manager, Dale Swain, the new Cub manager is one of those guys. He's not as outgoing as Valentine. Enjoy the game, have fun, but the other part of it, big dog, is play the game the right way. Be fundamentally smart. So if you get a manager who's emphasizing that part of it too, well, you know, you missed the cutoff here. You didn't base run correctly here. You didn't know the situation here. Sometimes, how do I put this, the structure and mental part and the fundamentals of the game can get in the way of the creativity slash, quote-unquote, the fun of the player. Those two can come in conflict, if that made any sense whatsoever. Well, uh, you just don't want anybody thinking out there. You don't want baseball players thinking. They're not smart enough to think. Let them go out there and just play and have a good time. Honestly, the, the last make sure they go out there, they get their work in, they're, they're drilled, they're well-drilled, and they're ready to play baseball. Mm. I, honestly, I think sometimes baseball players would too much like like the opposite of football. You must want a football player wound up. You know what I mean, Coach? You just want to keep on cranking on them until they're ready just to explode, okay? 
you don't want a baseball. You don't think you want baseball players like that. You gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah. get, baseball players are more like the sail. You got to find out yeah. exactly which way the wind is blowing, and like, and and that's how you adjust your shift. Not football players are different. That's how you. I think you manage both sports completely differently. Okay, I'm not totally sure I'm with you on that because I would almost argue. Uh, I don't know about the complete opposite, but somewhat of the opposite, that baseball is a sport that requires thinking. Now, clearly you can overthink. We've seen some hitters, uh, i.e. witness Adam Dunt this year, who were completely messed up because they started overthinking and then overthinking that thought process. But, you know, when you're out in the field, there's a lot of of dead time in baseball. And there is a lot of mental part of the game in a sport like basketball. Or football, you know, all right, think less, play more, a little more creativity. But in baseball, yeah, the mental part of the game is very, very big. So I'm not totally sure I'm with you on that. No, 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 no. I, I couldn't agree more. The smaller the ball, the bigger the brain. So like golf. <laughs> I never thought like of that. Golf, golf and, and baseball need a much bigger brain than you would in basketball. I think it, that's pretty simple. Interesting. There's so much going on in baseball. I want guys with clear heads, coach. That's what I'm talking about. I don't need like a, okay. I, I don't need like an in-your-face type manager. I want a guy like Bobby Valentine, who will be kind of boisterous and and uh, gregarious in a way, and maybe maybe a little bit in your face, but he just expects you to play a, a certain kind of baseball, and he expects everybody to like be on time, all that other stuff. I, I like that. You, Interesting. You, you have to play with a clear head, coach. Mm-hmm. Almost like a clear conscience. Like, hey, did I get my work in? Yeah, I've been doing everything right. right. I'm ready to play the game of Major League Baseball. So you are approving the Red Sox. A little bit of a controversial move. His name jumped to the forefront. That was the first guy I wanted. Do you remember? I know that, but I didn't say. I said, I want Bobby Valentine. That's the guy I said uh, two months ago. I wasn't talking personally to you. I'm just saying overall, maybe controversial is the wrong word, but a high-profile guy. Uh you know, maybe a little bit controversial, but the Red Sox do select him. Did a great job, by the way. I'm going to miss him on ESPN with his baseball, uh, you know, analysis. Uh, that was outstanding. So we'll miss him on the TV version of it. And hopefully, as long as they're not playing the Cubs or Sox, everything works well for Boston with Bobby you know, it just, it just cracks me up. Is they're on the East Coast. Is like when they're playing out west. I don't. If they're playing night games, he'll fall asleep. <laughs> like at the end of the game, the guy. Can't Yep, I'm not kidding, Coach. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the only drawback is the fact that guy can't. He like he'll fall asleep yeah. in the dog. That that happened to Lou Pinella, our outstanding Chicago Cub coach, who early in his his first couple of years he would fall asleep, like in the night games. But then, like the last year, he would actually start dozing off during the day games, and that became a problem. <laughs> yeah, that did. That did. But uh, there's that was because of too much tequila and cervezas for Pinella. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but for Bobby Valentine, I, I just think it's the fact that he wakes up at like 4.30 every single morning. Yep. Works on the lineup card. Yeah, he is one hyper individual. Hopefully he won't be too hyper. Maybe in his older age he'll learn to relax a little bit and be a better manager for it. Uh, again, you want to chime in any little baseball hot stove discussion topics here? 888-463-6748. I love your theory, big dog. The smaller the ball the smarter the brain, and I was trying to picture the biggest ball, probably one of my favorite games of all time, both as a kid and as a PE teacher, and it applies to what you're talking about here, was a playground cage ball. Uh-huh. I don't know if yeah. you've ever played the cage ball game, but you did, that's completely mindless, and of course, uh, as mindless as it is, it's that much fun as well. You're, you're familiar yeah. with cage ball battle, right? No, 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 no. What is cage oh. ball? We had so many, we had so many different uh, games to play as a child, like, 
Uh, I loved pinball the most, where it was basically dodgeball, but yep. instead of pin, that like, was fun. Uh, bowling pin. Yep. That was, uh, that was, without a doubt, my favorite game. Pinball, a lot of fun. First of all, do you know what a cage ball is? Yeah, no, I do. That's what I was going to ask you. That okay, was you definitely up. had a deprived childhood. Cage ball is a giant, giant ball. Uh, how do I describe it? Maybe six feet by six feet. Okay. Okay. And it's light. It's light. And, and you put it, uh, the cage ball battle on the playground, you can just, you know, split the teams up, one team on one side, one team on the other side. You're trying to push the cage ball past the other team's line. It's kind of like a giant-sized version of mall ball. And you toss up the cage ball, and people, you can't really hold on to it, but you kind of push it volleyball style or hit it. And people are chasing all over the park trying to knock the cage ball back. Little kids get run over. It's not for the meek. It's not for the mild. The uh, the stronger survive. But, uh, yeah, cage ball, a game that takes no mental telepathies at all, no mental exercise, but a whole lot of fun. I can't believe you never no. played cage ball. No, I, I would have loved that game, and I would have been dynamic at it because yeah. even though I was the smallest kid in my whole entire school, I was the feistiest one, coach. You know what I mean? Even though I was the midget, the run of the lot. You know, it's, I saw a picture of, of me getting communion with the other, like, 110 kids in, in the, the St. Daniel's Parish mm-hmm. back in, like, 1981 or 80. And you should, Coach, it's unbelievable. They're like, my, my family's just crack up. They're like, look, you're half the size of the second smallest person. And it's like, I was, so I was that guy, Coach, but I would have loved that game. I'd have been good at it. Now, that game I would, I would have been good at. Now, the game, the, now even less brains than that. They're playing smear to queer. Basically, the guy with the ball has to keep running until somebody pulls him down, and as soon as they get pulled yep. down, the next guy grabs the ball, yep. and he just runs with the football until yep. he gets tackled. Got you got to change the name of that game now because it's not politically correct. But, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Oh my, what do they call it now? I'm not sure, but I you, you can't call it smear the queer now. There's got to be a different name. Well, it was... I, See, I had no problem with it because I was always the one with the ball, so I wasn't like didn't take offense to it. So mm-hmm. I guess you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Oh, good old yeah, capture the flag. You're familiar with that game, of course. That's a goodie. Yeah, that's good. Now, I really do want to get a game of pinball together. I think that would be good for like uh, my buddies or whatnot. So if we can find like some abandoned building that we can go play that in, I would really that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, or we could even you know make it a dodgeball. Uh, not fiasco, but a dodgeball festival where you play all kinds of versions of the dodgeball game, one of which was the pinball game that you're talking about, which is a lot of fun. Now, now you know I did referee the world's largest dodgeball game. At least it was at the time. It was, was the Guinness Book of World Records. Was that out at uh, North Park or uh, at North Avenue Beach? No. that See, was that the one that broke our record? Not sure. Okay, because I'm pretty sure this record was broke like a month afterwards, but it was off a place right by Target on uh, 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 2600 North. I can't think of the name of the street. Right, that goes right through Humboldt Park, right off of 994. There's this massive sports complex, and 1,800 people played a dodgeball game, Coach, and they all <laughs> played it in their underwear. It was sponsored by Haynes. Oh, yeah. So everybody was in their underwear. Yeah, I remember this. I, I, I had to admit, Coach, I, I, I had a very enjoyable that was the best twenty-five bucks an hour. I've ever and you made were you were referee. Yes, I was okay. referee. So I was like, "Out, you're out, you're out." People would be arguing with me. I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You just like you know." Then they sneak <laughs> back out. You know, I kick them out like the whole thing. It was awesome. As a referee, did you? Uh... I did that day. It was unbelievable how many people were cheating. Coach. <laughs> so my, my feelings about the human species went down at least one notch <laughs> after I saw so many people. I just saw you get hit. When I'm the referee, what do you think? I'm an idiot. 
Watching that many people in their underwear, that probably can bring down your um, opinion of the human species. Well, it brought my opinion up on a few of them. A few. But most people you don't see unclothed, and an event like that is... Find, you find out that there's good reason for it. David Olson, did you partake in that game? No, no, no. I know uh, where he had it. It's the Windy City Fieldhouse on Logan. Oh, yeah, sure. Right near yeah, Ful- yeah, Fullerton off the uh, the expressway. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I just couldn't think of yeah, where exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, that's outstanding. Now, as a referee, were you uh, also a Utro? No, see, what happened was uh. Haynes was obviously giving out all types of uh, equipment. Oh, my goodness, Coach. I got, I got underwears. For everybody, it was it was phenomenal, coach. You, I have so many, but those things are they're kind of taunt. Is the best way for me to tell you. <laughs> oh goodness! They're hey. like the, they're like the sports briefs. They're 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 incredible though. If you're exercising, these are the yeah. best without question under I've ever had to exercise. It. Beautiful. We kind of got the idea. Thank you very much. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number here if you want to check in. Big dog and a coach at your service right up until eleven o'clock. Real quick, big dog. Let's talk some college hoops. Uh, first and foremost, what's going on right now? The ACC Big Ten Challenge. Big Ten up four to two. Both of our local teams. Nice win for our Fighting Illini. I got to watch them play for the first time last night. And Northwestern remains undefeated. So um, talk a little college hooper. Uh, any basketball fans? Again, 888-463-6748. Dog, did you watch any hoop last night? Oh, absolutely. I watched the first half hour of the Northwestern game, and then I watched as much as I possibly could when Illinois wasn't running against Maryland last mm-hmm. night. And Northwestern looked extremely solid. And, I mean, Crawford, you know, it, it's it's so cool that, you can honestly say, Coach, that possibly they have the most athletic, yes. skilled player that they've ever had in the history of their school that I've seen. And they also, since, so this is since 1982, okay, and they also have the best shooter and guy that can run off the screens and get open in the history of their program since yeah, 82. You know what, John Sherna, and I love the announcer last night, he said, what did he say about Sherna? He looks like the guy that you love to have as a lab partner. That's a great description of John Sherna. But you know what? You could put the adjective athletic next to John Sherna, big dog. He gets up, and he's deceivingly quick. He doesn't look it, but he's athletic, too. And in fact, the whole Northwestern team plays much quicker than they've ever, uh, at a quicker pace than they've ever played before. That's 100% right. This is the most athletic Northwestern team ever that we've ever seen, without a doubt. And, and I wasn't ripping Sherna's athleticism. Because he always gets open shots. He's got to be a decent athlete if every shot he takes, it seems like he's wide open, uncontested when he takes it. That also tells you he's not a selfish player either, because he's not taking bad shots. He's taking, and as long as he's uncontested, that's a good shot for Northwestern, no matter where he's on the court, because mm-hmm. he's about to drain it. It's exciting to see, Coach, and I'm really hoping the cast can keep on capitalizing, because we've been teased before, but I really don't think we're going to be teased this year, Coach. I, I, they're going to have a winning record in the Big Ten Conference which would be just phenomenal. When, I mean, that would be really cool. I don't know if they've ever done that in the last 30 years. So They're playing Sunday at home against Baylor. Dog, I might have a ticket for you if you can find a way to get down Baylor. Nobody knows about them yet. They're ranked in the top 10 in the country, and they've got an NBA player and a super frosh. Uh, the NBA kid, I think his name is Perry Jones. Now, okay, I they also got the AC kid, Coach. Who? You know what I mean? The... the, the the dunker and shot blocker and one of the greatest players in the game. This kid Ace, his last name is AC. He's like he's an unbelievable coach. I would love to go, but I okay. I think Sunday 
Yeah, my, my, oh, man, I would love to go to that game. We'll have to talk off here. All right, let me know. Uh, that should be a great game. That's a good test. My first look at the Illinois Fighting Illini, and my comment number one, completely different team than they've had the past couple of years. It's a new look. They clearly have a starting five and a couple of young players coming off the bench, but uh, it seems like a team that has a good chemical makeup, an interesting combination. I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but I liked what I saw last night, Big Doug. Uh, I want to I wanna ask you, if just plain and simple, what – if, haven't I complained that Illinois has lacked heart and they've lacked confidence and mental toughness over the last couple of years? Yeah. That's what I've complained the most about. About my beloved Illinois basketball. I don't think there's a team more than the Cubs that I like more than Illinois basketball. Yesterday, they played with a tenacity and they were relentless and they were being outplayed early. And Brandon Paul played his best game as a, as an Illini yesterday. And he just kept getting hustle play after hustle play. And when the game was done, he ended up with at least 17 points. I think he scored after he had his 17th point. But he really led the way for Illinois yesterday. It was really cool to see. And Myers Leonard had his national coming out party with a, a couple nasty rejections uh, <laughs> at the end of the game. He's got to keep us cool. But I, 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 that kid could be – he's got an upside on like anybody's had at Illinois in a long time. See how high he can jump for it. And the kid is a legitimate seven feet tall. But he's got yeah. hops. You don't hear about a seven-footer with hops, but he gets up. And do and you know what else he's good at? Is getting position so they can get him the ball so they can get an easy layup. Yep. And if you have a seven-footer in college basketball, you have to be able to get five layups a game out of the guy. Just we need, It's like having a running back in football where you know on third and two you can get a – you know, you can get a first down just because you got some bull in the backfield. Like that's just such and it's such a bonus to have. And a guy that your your defense has to make sure that you, the, you know everybody plays him a little bit. Well, that's they can get that in him, coach. They really can have a, a weapon that they never utilize with Tisdale. That hopefully they can utilize with uh, Myers Leonard. He's still got some work to do on his back to the basket moves. He's not a real skilled offensive player just yet. But no. you're right. No, you're... They they can get some easy baskets from him. But um, Tyler Griffey is skilled, coach. How about that guy? Yeah, he's and solid. Sam, Very Sam solid. Sam Falco. Oh my goodness! Is this like the greatest? Okay, here's here's what man. Let me wrap up Sam Maniscalco for you, okay, coach. Now, thank you very much for letting me know about this kid. Phenomenal. Okay, so he played three years at Bradley. He's all conference player. Yep. So he comes here. Now he brings in the fact that uh, one, he has three years of college experience underneath his belt of being the man, basically at Bradley. Okay, and now. He's got that one-and-done mentality of, this is my senior year, I only have one year to, to, to play in basketball, and I'm done, so he's going to be relentless like that. And he also has the, hey, I belong on this level. I really should have been playing here. So he's, he, he's the reason why they're so mentally tough. I really believe that, Coach, mm-hmm. because I, I don't think he's going to let this team falter. When Myers Leonard said something to Stuglin, uh after he blocked a shot, yep. Maniscalco grabbed him by the arm and yep. turned him and yelled, no. And walk back to the huddle. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And keep in mind, this is a guy that's brand new to the team. Yeah. One of the problems with this Illinois team is they had talent, but really Brandon Paul, DJ Richardson, they're two veterans returning. They're not outspoken leader type guy. This guy's come in in his first year, and you know he's the leader not only on the court. You hear stories about how during the summertime he pulled these guys together. Hey, you know, called everybody. Come on up. We're going out for dinner. Or come on over to my place. We're gathering together. He has become the leader of the team, which is very unique for a guy that's joining the, the franchise. Uh, really, 
kind of rent a player just for one year, but his leadership quality is outstanding. Yeah, and and he's taking advantage of the fact that he graduated in three years, mm-hmm. and he's transferring to get his graduate degree. The guy's not going to play in the NBA. This is his last year of playing basketball unless he wants to learn how to speak Chinese. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is, so, yeah. what a joy, Coach. Watching him yesterday, that was like, I, he didn't play that much in the like exhibition game that I, that I saw him. He was really not a part of it. I was just, dev- I mean, I'm just, this is, I'm delighted. I'm just so happy yeah. as an Illinois fan. Yeah. Now, go you ahead. need in, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I was just talking about, now I was going to turn it to ACC Big Ten Challenge. Okay. Well, yeah, the game, so, you know, that, that I watched last night and then finished it out this morning. Duke and Ohio State. My goodness. We may be missing NBA basketball right now. That was an NBA type game with a lot of players that are going to be playing in the NBA. Ohio State, uh, blows out Duke. Which is absolutely amazing. Great crowd, great atmosphere for the game. You had Brad Nessler and my guy Dickie Vitale bringing you the game. It was outstanding, dog. I don't know if you watched it or not, but oh yeah, I watched every single dribble that came. It was he's an Ohio State junkie. That was just college basketball at its best. And I got a comment on the Duke player, but the Ohio State as a team, absolutely outstanding. They were they were phenomenal. Now Aaron Kraft. William Buford, uh, Jay, uh, Jared Sullinger, we all knew how good they, those guys were, and they're coming back. All three of those guys will be NBA players. Deshaun Thomas. Wow. Indiana, Mr. Basketball from two years ago. He's a sophomore. Last year as a freshman, he had two good games. They were both the Indiana games, okay, because it, people from Indiana were so upset that he went to Ohio State instead of Indiana. Well, yesterday against Duke, that was his coming out party, Coach. Wow, he's electrifying. He is so explosive. He gets within 10 feet of the bucket. If he has a direct line to the hole, it's a score. Because he will just explode and lay it in. It's, it's that's an amazing move. But they have got everything. So they got a, a they got a, a point guard, an off guard, a small forward, and a center. I mean, that's that are like NBA caliber, and they're playing as a team right now. They're going to be tough to stop, coach. Mm-hmm. And they got a little bit of a bench too. They are outstanding. It was a huge win for them. And again, the Ohio State fans absolutely great atmosphere in their arena. But I will tell you this now. And there are not many things I know in this uh, life, Big Dog, but uh, basketball is one of the few of them. I will tell you this. I've watched him play a game and a half. Austin Rivers, Glenn Rivers' kid, Doc Rivers' kid, freshman for Duke. He still has a lot to learn as far as team basketball. You know, sometimes just pass and give up the ball, include your teammates. But I'm going to make a pretty bold statement here. I don't, and again, game and a half of watching. He is the best offensive talent I have ever ever seen come in as a freshman into college basketball. I'll repeat it oh. again. The be- and I've been watching college basketball for 40 years. He's the best offensive talent I have ever seen coming into the college basketball game. Better than Rick Mount, Coach. Yes, absolutely. Because Rick Mount Rick, was a phenomenal. Rick, Rick Mount averaged 30 points a game as a freshman. He was a shooter. You see Austin Rivers taking the ball to the hoop? Unbelievable quickness crossover move and when he gets to the basket even though he's a skinny kid he doesn't fade away he squares and he will attempt to finish his outside shooting he's got nba range and his outside shot and what convinced me is a couple times even when he missed the shot he would drive into the paint he's got the stop and pop game he's got that mid-range game as well and uh, even though he doesn't make the easy pass he will penetrate in the paint and dish and make the great pass it sounds kind of weird He'll make the great pass. What he needs to work on is making the easy pass, just giving up the ball on a case. But I'm telling you, dog, I think he's the best 
all-around offensive t- I can never remember a player as a freshman coming in as gifted as this kid. What about Derrick Rose? No, not even close. Yeah, Derrick, not Derrick even Rose, close, big dog. Derrick Rose put Memphis and dragged them to the national championship game. Derrick Rose Derrick had Rose nowhere the, near Derrick, the outside shot that Austin Rivers has. Yeah, but uh, he had nowhere near the, uh, the the penetrating ability and the ability to dish to his teammates and create well, who does look for his teammates. Who? Well, well, that's the, well, that's the point. Did you watch I, Rivers I play like, last night? I, coach, I watched I watched the game, and to me, he was playing selfish basketball. Yes, so that that part I agree with. That, but as strictly on offensive talent, he's as good right now as Derrick Rose is getting to the hole. Probably not as strong on the finish, but he he might be quicker than Derrick Rose getting to the basket. You, you didn't just no, you really don't believe that he's quicker than Derrick Rose. I don't believe I don't believe that. No. Okay, we can argue on other stuff, and his outside shot is better than Derrick Rose was as a freshman Ooh. in college. That I agree with. He was not fast. Derrick Rose was lightning. He would be. He would be. See, for me, I was confused about Derrick Rose because it was so easy for him that I was dumbfounded by what was going on. I'm not going to argue with you that, but but I'm talking about Rivers being the best all around offensive player ever to come into college. Uh, Rose was great getting to the basket, but he did not have the three point arsenal in that NBA range. Name me a player. Who was better all around offensively in his first year at college hoop? I will, I, okay, I, Derrick Rose, I will say was better than, than Austin Rivers. No. I, I'm going to say that. I'm going to put him on the list. I'm also going to say Allen Iverson. No. No. Coach, way. I'm going to write, I'm going to write something about you today and I'm going to, it's going to be, I'm going to bash you. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's the okay, best okay. I've ever seen from an offensive standpoint. But you're right. I'm not sure the Duke team is better with him in the lineup because they got great players and when he, and, and he just dominates the ball. See, that, that's, that's part of it though, coach. Yeah. Your attitude is part of your whole being able to be smart enough to recognize, hey, I will be considered a great player if we win, not I will be considered a great player if I score. Then, then he'll be, then he can turn the corner. Then we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I got a bad taste in my mouth because I saw this thing where Coach K was doing this demonstration of, of how to set a screen. And he was talking about the options that, if you set a screen properly, and if you don't pick a side, you you stand behind the guy. You don't go to a side, which is in the he explained why, and it was like, wow, that's you're exactly right. Well, so Austin Rivers is the guy with the ball, and he's like, and then when this guy will stand here, and this guy rotates, and then this guy will be, and everybody came open, and Austin Rivers laid the ball, and then Coach K was like, or you could just go to the hoop. It was pretty funny. Like, Wait a Coach minute, K was, now, I, gotta... I wanted you to pass the ball. <laughs> like I didn't want you to lay it in. Right there, I'm like, this guy selfish with the basketball. So I'm pretty prejudiced against the kid right there because you can tell that Coach K was, like, sick of the guy doing that. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how those two, because he pretty much did whatever he wanted to do with the ball. And I was trying to decide in my head, did Mike Krzyzewski, you know, the coaching staff, is that part of their strategy? They're going to let Austin Rivers handle the ball, create, and do his thing because he's such a gifted so, talent, or did he overstep his bounds a little bit last night? I'm not sure. Yeah, he, he definitely did, Coach. They didn't take him out? That's going to change. Who are they going to put in? Is there another Plumley brother? Yes. Is there a Plumley brother that's a guard? I mean, seriously. Well, no, they got they got guys. The last four or five minutes of the game, he played his bench. They got guards on the bench who can play. So I got to tell you something, Coach. The cachet with Duke, they don't have ten McDonald All Americans anymore. They only have five. The other five are White Castle All Americans. <laughs> now let me go back to a statement here. I got to put my coaching mode into it. We're winding up here at the end of the show. You said Shashevsky taught to set a screen directly behind the defender? Yes. 
Yes, when you're okay. This was when you were out beyond the the timeline. Okay. Okay. And when you come out the set, he's like, "Don't set a side because that forces the the dribbler to pick a pick a side." He's like, "You stand deep, and you stand behind the guy, and then the the dribbler could force the guy right into you every single time." And they showed it was beautiful, coach. Well, it was beautiful. I don't and get it. Like, so oh, if the dri- if the dribbler goes left. You can't just all of a sudden step and screen that way. Well, no, but the point is you would dribble in a way where you'd cut the guy off. Do you understand? If you had a dribble, if you if I had my friend standing behind you, I know I could dribble in a certain way that I would force you right into that guy okay. and I could go right off of him. All right. And, I mean, it's, it, it's just important. I mean, they showed it. it was, he guy went left and right both times. It was gorgeous, Coach. I may have to call up a coach or chef's guy. I may have some issues with that, but uh, me and Mike will work it out. Well, uh, I, by I the way, between Shashevsky, between Shashevsky and myself together, we have close to a thousand career victories. This is true, coach. Thank you very and, much. And I got to be quite honest with you. You might, you might carry more prestige. <laughs> All right, dog. We're uh, down to the final twenty seconds of the show. Anything else you want to uh, comment on, my friend, before we uh, close up another award-winning show? Uh, the Big Ten has won the last two ACC Big Ten challenges, but I hate to tell you. They're only winning two of the six games tonight. Ooh. It'll be a tie. It'll Ooh. be a draw. Wow. Hopefully we can pull out a three for three, but I doubt it. Wisconsin, Four North on. Carolina. That's your uh, that's your that's your dessert for tonight. The last game. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully Wisconsin can pull that one out because it'll be uh, Michigan State and Minnesota are the two guaranteed victories for mm-hmm. for the Big Ten. That's right, so a big dog picking a four and four. We'll find out tomorrow when we rejoin. Dog, great stuff as always, and uh, you'll be holed up wearing your three sweatshirts, three pair of socks, and the boxer shorts again yet today, huh? No, I'm feeling a lot better, Coach. I just, I got to get up. There's light. I need some vitamin E or whatever the heck you get from the sun because I haven't felt good lately, so I'm about to go do that right now. Bobby from Bolingbrook says try ginseng. All right, we're out of here. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.